So I'm kind of in, in the darkness here, uh, a bit in the dark as I imagine we all are, mm. on several levels. And that uh, says something, speaks about something, something we should not uh, brush aside or immediately try to find a switch to make it go away. Place of sharing truth. The truth is, is darkness. Sometimes reflect. You know, I've been practicing meditation, morality, restraint, generosity, sharing, simplicity for 43 years or so, as much integrity as possible. I shouldn't have to feel this bad. It's hopeless. It's helpless. It's guilty. So it um, certainly arrests my voice from being a, a trumpet call of righteousness or clarity. I'm in the dark. This morning, I've, as I've uh, been saying, I was been on retreat in in the woods. You know, we have we're very fortunate. You know, we live have a gifted uh, 150, 160 acres of woodland to look after back in the 1970s. So we've been attending to it and trying to rewild it, taking out invasive species, looking after it, caring for it. uh, And it's coming back. It's coming back. took at least 25 years and it's coming back. And the trees are growing and the birds are back and there's otters in the water. And uh, you just feel good when you look at that. You think, that's something I was part of. Uh, And it's not even an idea, you just feel it. Because you can smell the air, you feel the freshness, you hear the life around you. You think, that's that's where I belong. I'm on this earth. And And there's both love or respect, restraint that just happen naturally through that, just knowing where you are, knowing you're in a living system. It's not decorations, it's not a theme park, you know? it's not wallpaper, it's not a screensaver, it's the real thing. It smells, it cries, it breathes, it's messy. And that's all. Yeah, something in me lights up at that. I think it's the way it's always I don't always get such an opportunity to spend time in the, in the forest, uh, but uh, half the time is just to check in, to feel what happens to my system when I'm in touch with that much, even though this is hardly the Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, been, it's, a, it's been a ravaged land and it's fighting, it's coming back. This morning, uh, coming in early in order to get here, I left my little hut, five o'clock, it was dark. So I have a headlamp and put on to find my way. And as I was walking out, well, you can do various settings on it. I did turn the setting down, just dim, dim. Bright is too, it's too harsh, it's too invasive. Turn it down to 
just dim. And then you don't need to see that much apart from just a little piece of land where your feet are to keep walking. That's as much light as you need. After a while, I thought, why not switch it off altogether? There's animals out here who live without headlights. <laughs> just switch it off. And I started, okay, switch it off. And it's very dark. And then as you stand there, it's not so dark. It's dim. And you hear. And you smell. And your skin starts to prickle. And your feet find their way. You fumble along. Oops, careful, careful. Walking through in, in the darkness. Yeah. Through the, through the forest. On the tracks. And there's a different feeling of that. Being in the darkness, but being alive in the darkness rather than nice, clear, bright, clean, sterile, straight lines, instant, automatic, bright lights, here we go, and where are you? You know? We're just coming into Brighton today, we're just trying to get to the car park, you know? You get a car park, used, when, I, when I drove a car, it used to be people. You'd kind of see a person and say, here's my fare, here's my ticket. Now there's no person, the machine, you have to dial something on the internet <laughs> to get a number. A message comes back saying you'll be fined if you don't pay this, or your credit card. You think, what the? <laughs> where, where, where is anything anymore? Is it the system? Yeah. Uh, we, the machine now in all its aspects tells us what to do we follow if we don't follow we're punished in some way or another the machine, the system tells us what to do where to go if you don't follow it you're left out, you're left behind or you're punished this is called progress right? I think I'd sooner just fumble in the dark, find my own way. I can survive as people, as humans. And coming through the forest this morning, back, back to that, and I came down, I could sense I was coming down towards the lake. There's a lake there. And you could hear the quack, 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 and down here, find way through the ferns. And Better not walk into the lake, I'll switch my headlamp on. Switch your headlamp on, it's just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know, everything, of course, new. Here comes human. <laughs> the one who switches on the bright, shining, hard light strapped to his head. <laughs> the one who sticks his head out of nature looks at it, decides what he wants to do with it, manipulates it, and destroys what isn't convenient. Mm. And they all knew that. Here comes human. Everything runs away from us. And it should. We're terrible. So how did, this is pro, you know, what progress? We're an enemy to the planet. Not individually, probably don't even think of ourselves in that way. I love animals, da 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 da. Don't, we didn't realise it. You know, not investigating the causes and conditions that have brought this around. Because the light 
was so bright, so clear. The light of our civilization is so bright, so clear. We know exactly where things are at. We can go much faster this way. And we don't see. But the brightness blinds us <laughs> to what is outside our beam, our main beam. And it's stuck on our heads. Now if you look at the uh, process of our civilization with all its amazing stuff <coughs> and, um, and conveniences and so forth, we live longer, do we live better? I don't know. And particularly European, white European society, we really went very far ahead with this light. Uh, as you're probably all very well aware, you know, the, the devices, the machinery, the gadgets started, I don't know, 17th century or so. And we've been increasingly dominating everything ever since and exploiting it ever, ever since. And for a long time, of course, there's enough there for us to get away with it. People didn't notice it. We first thought we dominated other humans, slaves and so forth, and took over their countries. And they're somewhere else anyway, and they're inferior. So, and animals, well, they're wild, and stuff we need for our make our cities better and so forth. We've been doing that for centuries, in a kind of trance that this light gives us. And. Uh, Now we've come to this, where not just the animals are gone or going, the forests are gone and going, the air is not so good, water you can't drink, earth, a lot of its uh, topsoil is going because of the drenching in fertilizers. Insects, those nasty little bugs that you used to dislike, well, we, they go, they're going. <laughs> you know, they realise, oh, they were quite important, actually. Uh, yeah. And, of course, now, of course, some of the land is going as the water rises. So our shrinking, not just that which cannot speak, the earth, the trees, the animals, the air. But even those who can speak, the tribes people, the people of the land who have been pushed off or killed. So we can somebody can get their minerals, somebody can get their timber, somebody can get their land. And we've our society, our culture's been doing <coughs> that. This is a lot to take on, isn't it? Really. When we come to this crunch point well, increasingly crunchy. Suddenly, I can't. Now, when, is it, when we have, can't breathe the air, we can't drink the water, when our cities start getting flooded, as Yanai intimated, yeah, then, as, then we start to get uh, social uh, problems, as we're getting already. Increasing. You know? Glaciers, the Himalayan mountains dry up, 
about two billion people don't get their water, you know, from the rivers to drink and to, you know, they're not going to be very happy, are they? What do you think they're going to do? And so on and so on and so on. So you just, eventually you just stop thinking of the, of the consequences, but you do realise a, a powerful uh, wheel has been set rolling. Uh, this rolling on a momentum has been generated uh, in which the society is more or less seemingly baked in to this model. The economy matters more than the planet. The economy matters more than quite a few humans, so it matters more than the planet. Uh, uh, does not make sense. And little pieces of land, like called Britain or France or America, those pieces are separate pieces. <coughs> we can kind of shove off them over there. No, no, what about the air and the water and the climate? So in a way, this crunch point is an extremely illuminating point. Because you can't say, well, this is British air, only for British people. <laughs> right? British climate, only for British, only for British people. And it stops at Calais or Dover. <laughs> hey, we're connected. We're connected in a crisis. Yeah, you turn the headlamp off, heart opens. Hey, hey, hey. Mm. You turn the headlamp off, heart opens. Body senses the loss. Mm. So you know, what I, my doing bit, as far as a doer, is mostly teaching what can be called Dhamma, truth, realization, people's personal well being. And mostly people ask me to talk about meditation, you know, a bit of calm, a bit of. And, you know, one says, well, here's the system, calm, calm, calm. They don't get calm. Well, and you start to listen to why they're not calm. Yeah, right. Abuse, uh, <laughs> alcohol, uh, you know, violations, uh, grief, anxiety, despair. Well, uh, back to the breath. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you know, you're looking at trying to resolve huge social, uh, cultural momentum with, with sitting quietly. Not really. And yet without it, where does one begin to even find a place to stand? Yeah. To stand and at least speak the truth. Even if we don't have an answer right now. And say, speak the truth. If I haven't got an answer, speak the truth of suffering now. Yeah. Speak it. 
where you where you feel it. Doesn't have to be that smart. Speak it where you feel it in your heart. Speak it where you feel it in your body. Then you're telling truth. Otherwise, it's just a good idea or a plan, and that may evolve later. But first thing, speak truth, feel truth, live truth. And this is manifestly what, by and large, and it's only by and large, it's by no means the majority, or it's no means everyone, it may be a majority, I don't know, it's the majority of the power system, does not speak the truth, does not feel the truth, does not live the truth. And the fundamental extinction that we're facing is extinction of truth. And you can sum everything out, all the other forms of extinction come under that, really. Um, the amount of actual falsehood one is expected to listen to from apparent leaders. The amount of sheer lies, deceit, duplicity, waffle, divertiveness. It's just, I do not want to stain my ears with that. <laughs> the weight of it, you know. Just the actual verbal, let alone anything remotely associated with integrity <laughs> and compassion and mutual concern. Yeah. Uh, or very limited concern, me and maybe my buddy for now, who I'll probably stab in the back three months later. <laughs> And uh, let alone get their feet on the ground, live their feet on the ground, feel the earth, earth's dirt, earth something we could just mine and frack and soak with chemicals, it's dirt. And as the earth becomes dirt, we become dirt. That's what it comes down to. These are not said like that, but that's just how much human life can be worth from the power system. Not from human beings really in their hearts, but from the power system. Just collateral damage. People refuge, asylum seekers, homeless, disempowered, migrants, whatever. Mm. So as we speak truth, maybe we to speak truth from the darkness. And that truth, I suggest, will be in a voice that knows what outrage feel it sounds like and has heard that in their heart if we're in a voice that knows what deep grief feels like and that will be there and it will be in a voice that knows what fear and depression feel like because it's heard that and perhaps if it's heard that it will also have heard tremendous sensitivity, concern, willingness to sacrifice a little bit of mine wherever I can 
however I can, however small, if it's just the one person, it's just the one duck, <laughs> to give a little bit of mine up because that gesture must be the gesture that's made over and over again in the micro, in the personal, in the community, in the village, in the town, who knows? Who knows where it's going? But that must be the momentum <coughs> that we encourage individually. And without measuring how much I think I can do, I don't know. You know? But I can speak the truth and listen and ask to be corrected. Please help me. I'm in the dark. But just as I've recognized this morning, walking along in the dark, it's not absolutely that completely dark. There's a, even at night time, there's sunlight. You can distinguish the shadows of the trees and you know, the really dark, dark from the sky. It's just a vague starlight. I think there's no moon this morning. I couldn't see it, just starlight. It's more like dusk and dusk is a wonderful time of transition rather like dawn we tend to favor dawn <laughs> dusk is also a transitional time when the certainties and the straightforwardness and the instantaneousness of our daylight lives is moderated now you can't go so fast now you have to you have to listen a bit more closely. You can no longer be so blind to your, and follow your own will. You have to moderate because now you're in the twilight. And maybe you're going to shift into some other mode of maybe I have to be a little more respectful here, a little more attentive, a little more restrained. I can't go at my normal speed because I can't see. But where am I going anyway? Is it that important? Isn't it more important to go well and go with integrity and respect? So I switch off the light because I don't want to disturb the animals and the birds. And as I do so, I must apologize for disturbing their terrain and all the more than disturbances that have gone on and continue to go on in this in our world, in our planet. I'm also in this twilight time, whether it's dusk, dawn, I don't know. I hear the voice of truth being spoken by people who are not professional speakers, just the unprofessional, straight to the point truth. And you think, this is a different voice. There's no waffle. There's no promising. There's no blather in it. It's just straight. Where whoever's speaking that, I'm glad to hear it. And I hear it more and more. I hear it more. And it's a voice which definitely has got outrage in it and grief and despair. But it's also got courage 
and the right to speak the truth and to try to find a way to feel the truth more fully and live the truth more completely even in a world which prevents us you know, society is baked in to stop us touching the ground it's dirty, we might get dirty put some concrete over it quick <laughs> yeah. it's even things like so I'd switch off the sat nav, you know, I'd just find my way. And if I don't know where, I'll ask a human, <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> is it so difficult? <laughs> you know, those things that one really looks towards, a different mode of being. And clearly, you know, one can look at this in terms of the Four Noble Truths, the Dukkha, and where that drives us to, to fundamentally to understanding our very simple language, selfishness gives us suffering. And selfishness is something we cannot ascribe to be immune from. We begin to put aside some aspects of it the best we can and we want to learn. Where am I? Because I've learnt to... I've learned as a, as a child my species is the only one that counts really when it comes down to it my species is the most important everything <coughs> else is just funny little creatures that I eat maybe I'm the most important we're the most important and of course they're all most important well British people are perhaps more important than everybody else <laughs> better somehow what, what, why? no why it just is and you have the right to take whatever you want from the earth. Take what, and you have a right, you've got something, you have, you have a thing called a way. Or you throw things. You throw <laughs> things at this place called a way. It's out of my, not my problem, it's a way. I can do that. A way. There's no way. It all goes back into the earth. Where we, where we took it from we didn't pay a cent for that we took it we didn't negotiate we didn't ask we took it we felt we had the right to take it and not pay anything back at all not even vague gesture of thanks <laughs> take more and that was absolutely built in as normal normal way of behaviour Who gave us the right? What made us so important? You know, if, if this if our species died out, I imagine the earth would probably breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> we're, we're less important than a bee or a worm as far as this planet goes. Without those, we are finished. The only thing, everything we've taken Every material thing, every material, however smooth and refined it is, mm. has come from the earth. That we cannot, there's nowhere else it comes from. Everything, the metal, everything's come from the earth. We took it. And what we didn't want, we trashed it. And that's standard. That's our life. That's our lifestyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that 
Is that true? What could we produce by ourselves that perhaps no other creature could do so well? We could produce vast love and compassion. We could do that. We could extend it beyond my skin to the people around me, to the people I don't know, to the people I feel frightened of, to the creatures. We could extend that. We've got that possibility. The Buddha is said to live with a heart trembling for the welfare of all beings. You know, would not deprive an ant of life. Said to the monks when they were looking for some food, they were starving. One of them said, look, I can dig the earth up and there's some stuff under the earth. One he says, don't do that. You'll disturb the creatures. Don't disturb the earth. Just for our bellies. We'll starve. That's what you call, <laughs> that's walking it. That's respect, right? That's compassion. We could do that. We could do a little bit more of it. We could produce that. Big time. Imagine if we all did that. What would happen to the foreigners? There wouldn't be any. What would happen to the defence budget? <laughs> there wouldn't be any. Billions, trillions. Can we produce a little bit of that in ourselves? This must be our way forward, our little step in the dark. And then we can produce, the other creature can produce so fine morality to you as to me, non-abuse to you as to me. And feel blessed by that, that my heart is not constricted with indifference and projection and blame, naming and blaming. My heart could stop that. And be, yeah. I could see creatures not as objects of my desire or fear, but as amazing intelligences that I'm privileged to share this planet with. Amazing intelligences. The intelligence of a bee. Intelligence of a wolf. Intelligence of a tree. Profound, amazing intelligences. I'm privileged to share this planet. I could learn from them. I could honour them. We could do that. And of course, wisdom. We could produce wisdom to really be the one who turns the heart light, not the headlight. This is how it is. You don't see that, but check that impulse. Many of our, much of our madness is, is clouded over. Our dysfunction is clouded, because we've been, we've learnt it. Yeah? Like Obama said, you know, nobody's born a racist, but sure a lot of people become them. We learn it. We learn about these things. We learn about disconnection and mind. And we, we're susceptible to it. Mm -hmm. So, 
where do you wisely see there's my boundaries, there's my no-go, there's my fear, and say, I will be aware of that and do what I can to see that as a cause of my suffering and your suffering, and I'll take the risk to let go a little bit, a little bit. This must be the way to the end of suffering, since this is what creates it. The wise about the fundamental imbalance, the fundamental dysfunction that causes so much misery and death. And we witness that in ourselves, how mad we get when we're disconnected from our hearts and our heads, our thoughts are just whirling in space. How mad we get. And you see fellow beings who are maddened by that. Well, breaking that connecting must be the way out, even though it's desperately awkward and fearful. This is something we can do. And because of that, we can form, as we have done, we can form community and collaboration in wisdom rather than collaboration in ignorance. That seems to be the turning point. I collab- look, I collaborate with ignorance. I'm not blaming anybody. I use all kinds of stuff. I try as best I can to minimize everything. I'm still built in. And I feel really bad about it. And yet, I'm always forced to, to do this, to, to live in this way. Even a minimalist lifestyle is still and what I'm saying is I don't really think we need to live in abject misery and poverty there's tons and tons and tons and tons of resources around we've got enough intelligence to photograph the moon of Pluto goodness me we can do that we can look what's happening inside of Mars we can stick a man on the moon what about this planet (laughs) could we look after this is it so difficult we've got that amount of intelligence is it so difficult if there's so much resource of intelligence, wisdom, uh, you know, it's go- and it's, could it be transferred to our well-being, to truth, rather than to power, wealth, selfishness, destruction? You know, where does it start? Well, well, I do my bit, and maybe, as I heard truth, both from my teacher and from the pain in my heart and my wish to live truth as I heard that I was able to put down a little bit more open up a little bit more take a little bit more of the weight of witnessing and still feel I want to be coherent with this and non-judgmental and take my anger and transform it into strength and not start blasting people take my fear and transform it into surrender into well I don't know I'm going to die that is absolutely rock solid certain today, tomorrow, who knows there's no no negotiation on that, really. 
So okay, so what's what else? <laughs> what is there to be frightened of? I'm really frightened of losing truth. And what that so take it into that sense of responsibility to save the only thing that can be saved, which is truth. And it saves us. Take my grief and turn it into compassion. This is medi- This to me is meditation. This is the bit that I uh, attempt against all the challenges. I'm very heartened to um, see people rising up to ask for truth, to present truth, to actually realise, you know, there's so much media that just flies through and it's all twittered and twattered and so forth. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything anymore. So you've done you've done the Twitters. You've done the articles. The evidence has been there for decades. It's all been written up. Or no that's not getting in, is it? Or or trickling in to a few people but the power thing is hard baked. It's not. It's not human. It's a demon. It's a, a, a demon in charge of a system with a certain amazing, brilliant, high-speed power. But that demon is also starting to break up, as you're seeing, because it's essentially a model that cannot be sustained. And c- fewer and fewer <coughs> people can get the goodies out of it. Eventually, the margins would get so wide, right? and the centre begins to crumble. This is the transition. This is the turning point. This is the twilight zone. What happens now? You take a foot step forward. Let's be kind. Let's be compassionate. Let's be moral. Let's be truthful. Let us accept our fear and work with it. Accept our grief and share it. Accept our rage and be made strong by it. From that, you can see. You eventually have to put your bodies out there. An action that is arguable, civil disobedience, civil disruption. Well, this is civil disruption. You wait till the floodwaters are rolling around your ears. You want a bit of civil destruction. (laughs) Disruption, that's going to be pretty disrupting. (laughs) Arguable. It's not something that monks participate in or do. I can have a lot of sympathy for it. But then essentially it's always you gotta you know, realise you can only speak that, ask for it 
increasingly strongly. The words have been heard and have not been listened to or palmed off or listened to by a few. The hearts, essentially, machines don't have them. They don't have them. You can talk to your ticket machine, it, it can't understand you, it just only has a set message it can give you. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have a heart, it can't negotiate. So what have you got left? You've got body. Sit, stand, walk, link. Yeah. Do what bodies do. Do what collecting does. as best you can. And do it because you feel right, not because you really can expect the world is going to change. Maybe it will, we can't ask for that. But do things because it feels right and you are made, you lose your impotence. you're able to work with the feeling of guilt which I'm sure in some ways we're all guilty probably unconsciously so because of that's how we were taught that's how society was structured and you're relieved from that do it for your own well-being and also of course be natural if you're looking to support nature natural. I don't think there's a manifesto here. I don't think there's a political party here. I don't think there's a great this is the way forward idea here. Be natural. Take that step and let the light from the heart guide. And then of course we are able to to gather together. This can be turning point. This is a chance because of the nature of the, uh, okay, let's put it, crisis is the word that's being used. Yeah, doesn't matter. Red, pink, white, green, black, blue, conservative, liberal, Republican, da 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 da, Mexican, Japanese, forget it. <laughs> get together, you know. This is where we get together and recognize, yeah, you have to learn accepting differences, cooperation, and yeah, and that's that's a wonderful thing in itself. It can you're seeing some of these reports of uh, the presentations of demonstrations across the world. You see, makes you feel good. You see all these old people, middle-aged people, young people, house people, weirdos, beatniks, freaks. Everybody's in there, <laughs> all stuck together. People who wouldn't share dinner. Yeah. Well, this is very good. This is good. This is the light. This is the light. Yeah. The light's coming up here. The light's coming up here. This is side. This is good. Yeah. And also, of course, get with what's left of nature. Yeah. If you really get it, if you really get into it, you get into it for an afternoon. If you walk across a moor for an afternoon, not just to get something, but just to really open to it. Whether it's rainy or what, doesn't matter. 
don't go too protected. Go there, survival. <laughs> you know? Bring your cell phone if you like, you know, so you can get somebody to get you out, but just walk. <laughs> because when you feel it and you let it adjust you, you need to adjust the way you walk and the way you expect and what you, where you plan your day. When you let it adjust you, yeah, then you love it. This is your, this is in teacher, and you love it. This is mother. Literally, and you love it. What you love deeply, you will sacrifice for. And you realise you didn't need that. that, that, that. If you if you love it, you sacrifice for it. And if this if there's no sacrifice, there's no way forward. Really, we've had too much for too long. Me too. We've had too much for too long. We've been in a dream. We've been on a roller coaster for too long. We have to sacrifice. Yeah. And sacrifice joyfully. Because this is going to make us whole, complete, truthful. And we meet our time, we meet our life, we meet our death, heartfully. There's nothing more you can expect or ask for. May this time wake us up. And this time may be an occasion where we begin to turn as we are turning. May we share a voice in you know, different languages and different expressions. So we hear the truth, we hear the human truth, we hear a new truth. But it's at the same time a very ancient truth. You belong here. You have to look after it. You have to honour it. So offering this <laughs> little piece <laughs> for today. So as you meditate, as you sit quietly, listen to some of these talks and give them some quiet time, really recognize, you know, the connection between the thinking, heart and body. And it's not true, really true, until it goes all three. If you have to miss any of it, miss the head bit. (laughs) Just get heart and body, that's probably good enough for a start. But we have to do some figuring also. But if it doesn't resonate right down there, it's just a good idea or a plan or hope. We don't need hope. We need truth. We need to open to the darkness, not keep trying to shrug it off or fend ourselves off it. Ask the darkness to (coughs) touch us deeply and wake us up to a different way of seeing things. If we can cultivate this, if it becomes something that's human, livable, natural, I'm sure many more people can join, can communicate, can be part of what the turning around that has to happen. This is my wish and aspiration, and I wish you all well in that.